0: right we're back with another episode um as usual i'll get to start off with a little bit of history here uh in 1975 as the world turns and the edge of night aired their last live episodes and this is significant because these were two of the the, these two soap operas held out the longest on not switching to pre-tape broadcast things so 1975 the last time that they did that and since now since then um everything's been pre-taped and before it's aired so but thought that was kind of interesting okay um in 1989 queen latifah released her debut album all hail the queen and i th- oh god i can't remember the single it was lady something i think it's ladies first mm-hmm. yeah. is the the big single off of that so that was that and then in 1997 um one of the First well known um, animated series, Beavis and Butthead, aired its final episode on this day. So, yeah.
1: One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast Brandon and Lauren. With November wrapping up, we will be uh, bringing a close to our celebration of American uh, Indian Heritage Month, highlighting more films centering the Native experience. But first, we'll get to our headlines. Um, first up in some news from a story we all forgot about um Kevin Spacey uh actor and now sort of shamed um thespian right. has in order to pay the house of cards producers um, in their arbitration case so when he was fired from Netflix's um, House of Cards the producers MRC um said he they he violated their harassment policy yeah and so he has been ordered to pay up to $31 million to the production company. He had actually tried to appeal this um, hearing, but they proceeded with the court uh, the court hearings. So I think it's, it's chopped down to like 29 point something in fees and then other stuff in attorney legal fees to MRC. Wow.
0: That's nuts. But yeah, it seems like that happened. So long ago.
1: Yeah, like a decade ago, and it was literally just like in 2017 or something. Um, and some sad news, it was revealed today that um, Virgil Abloh, the first black to lead a fashion house designer for Louis Vuitton, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, died after a two-year battle with cancer. Um he sort of came up along with Kanye West and his troupe in the fashion world and had his own um styling for as uh, perspective off white was sort of the brand he had pushed. Um but he was only forty-one years old. So he leaves to his memory a wife and two children. That one was definitely sad
0: because uh one what well you don't see him often anyways. He's kind of behind the scenes type person so Mm -hmm. this made me even more kind of a shock like dang but um but yeah man in 2010s he was everywhere wherever kanye
1: was he was right there right and i saw old not a well old photo of when kanye was first getting to the fashion game i didn't realize Virgil was in that camp because it was kanye i think the guys from sarah and a few other people um, I didn't realize he had been with him that long. So um, condolences to his family. And in some old man's telling y'all to get off his lawn news, uh, <laughs> film director Ridley Scott blamed uh, millennials for the reason the last duel didn't do well in the box office two weeks ago. Um he basically said because millennials want to watch stuff on their cell phones rather than in the cinema that no one went to see the movie that was poorly marketed and piqued no one's interest unless you wanted a story set medieval times about rape. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm not sure what he thought he was going to achieve with those comments. And these, this blaming...
0: The millennials has got to stop. I, the oldest millennials are in their forties, and I think
1: the youngest are like twenty eight,
0: maybe or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's just like okay, find somebody else. Yeah, right. and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same millennials he wants to watch his upcoming shows based on his film franchises. So exactly going to be.
0: Right. <laughs> All right then. Uh, well, knock out mine. Um, okay, uh, so this month. Disney's Beauty and the Beast turns 30 years old. It was, uh, it. I mean, it came out in 1991, the anim, animated version. And uh, since then, it has a Broadway musical and a live action remake. And I think it's earned nearly $425 million at the global box office, is what I'm saying. Ooh. And, uh, it's one of the, one of the most well-known Disney films, uh, animated films to to ever do it. So, yeah. I think I had that one on um, DVD. Not DVD, but VHS.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was... That was when Disney was sort of like in its prime in the 90s. Just a hit after hit after a hit. And that's also the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So, it was a big deal. Mm. So...
0: Yeah and on the Hollywood reporter they they had a um, oh god an interview with some of the people who um who did who voiced uh, I think it was Belle um the beast and Gaston so they spoke to the Hollywood reporter about kind of the memories and everything that went on during the filming or the making of the movie so.
1: wow yeah easy all
0: right next um Mark Hoppus, who was uh, one of the singers and guitar players of uh, <clears throat> punk band, Blink-182, kind of big in the late nineties through the two, early two thousands, um, kind of gave an, a small update of his, his cancer battle. And he kind of left like an uplifting message on Instagram, just talking about how thankful he is and, uh, how far along he's come since June when he got the diagnosis and, and everything. So, uh, it, it's, it's weird as we get older that these people that, you know, we've seen be it music or movie stars to see them kind of, you, you realize more and more that, okay, yeah, they're really skilled, but they are human. You know, they're mm-hmm. fragile, you know, they, they won't last forever. So yeah, yeah that was, it's kind of nuts, but um, yeah, it's good to see that he's doing better and still fighting. Um, uh, as Thanksgiving was this past weekend, uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving parade came back, <clears throat> and it topped over 20 million viewers. And I think the exact number was uh, 25 million in um, the highest demographic were those between the ages of 18 and 49. So, hmm. yeah. I'm not sure how that ranks with past years. There's definitely probably numbers bigger than that, but this was the first year in a long time, and I think it's because we didn't have it last year that I watched it all the way through. I did all three hours. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I did. I was just like, okay, and it was good. It was pretty good to see the people out there, and that you could just tell the energy was back. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then, in more sad news—well, not necessarily sad—he he lived a good life, but. Um, Famed American composer Stephen Sondheim uh, passed away this weekend at the age of ninety-one. He was one of the greatest living Americans, just in general, at his work as a composer, a lyricist um, through like the you know late half of the twentieth century. Um, is just I don't know. It, I don't think anybody will ever do what he did. He was he's kind of unrivaled. In mm-hmm. um, his time, and a um, lot of lot of works, too many to name. But I think a lot of people know that he wrote lyrics for, you know, West Side Story, um, and, and Gypsy, and just so many different Broadway shows and musicals and everything. So, um, but yeah, he's ninety one. So he lived a good life, and he 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 did what he set out to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it seems like he had. He was still sort of creating, even in yeah. his older age. So,
0: yeah.
1: it, it's it was it, it was sad to hear, but people are have been celebrating celebrating him right. um, since the news. So that's good to hear. Right. All right, in our box office news, um, Disney's Encanto took the weekend with forty three point two million. Um, this is the anime film from Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, it, it actually looks pretty good. I'll see it eventually, I guess. I um, mean. Yeah. But um it topped Ridley Scott's House of Gucci which got 21.8 million. Um so it's looking pretty good for theaters as we you know edge I don't know closer to an end but as we progress through the year. Mm-hmm. We'll just say that. Yeah. And then for trailer things, um, the trailer I saw was for Prime Video's new film, Encounter. This stars Riz Ahmed as a father who um, knows about, I guess, some type of alien um, invasion. And he goes Mm -hmm. to rescue his two little boys. um, And it's about their journey, you know, to sort of preserve life. Um, so he's the lead, also stars Octavia Spencer. It looks really interesting. And um, I just commend Ahmed for continuing to sort of like change the face of what a leading man is. You know, as a Muslim yeah. actor, you don't see them lead movies like this or any movies like this. So it, it looks really interesting. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it'll be in theaters on December 3rd and then on Prime on December 10th. So. Okay. okay.
0: And then the trailer I saw, and it was just a teaser, really, um, kind of the newest teaser for The Tragedy of Macbeth, and this one stars uh, Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington, um, and it's directed by Joel Cohn. And this one, I believe, comes out at Christmas Day, so December 25th, and then it's streaming on Apple TV um, January 14th, so... This trailer doesn't give us much more of what we've already seen. Just more black and white scenes, a little bit more suspense, and just they're just kind of keeping everything under wraps. So I I'm very interested in seeing that one when it comes out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like a an Oscar Oscar, Oscar monster would say.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
1: All right. That's our headlines. We're going to transition to our next segment, Streams of the Week. So what did you get to watch this past week?
0: My, What I watched this week, I watched The Humans, and it came on uh, Showtime, and, a, and it came on Showtime that was released in theaters as well, uh, the 24th, so last Wednesday, I, I believe, and um, it was released by A24. But it's based on a, a, an actual stage play, a one-act play of the same name that uh, is, on Broadway, is on Broadway in 2016. And um, and the premise of it is that a family gets together and the family is uh, you know three generations. They're the two daughters, the parents, and then um, their grandmother. And their grandmother is suffering from um, I think Alzheimer's are some sort of debilitating disease. But um, what happens is just, you know, what happens at a real meeting of families, uh, you know, conversations about life. Uh, what, what are you doing and how are you going to do this? And um, you learn some some different s- stories. And it gets pretty deep, but it's still kind of humorous. But um, Beanie Feldstein, she's, she's the youngest daughter. Her name is Bridget. Th- that's whose um, apartment they're at. Um, Richard Jenkins and Jane show are play the parents. Um, Amy Schumer is um, a uh, is her sister is is Beanie Feldstein's sister in this. And then Stephen Yoon plays Beanie Feldstein's fiance or partner. I don't think they're really um, together. And then the grandmother who really doesn't say anything because she just kind of I don't know repeats what she says, but it's. Uh, June Squib, so mm. yeah, so no, but it's a good cast. It's really good. Like I said, it's humorous and both it's humorous and kind of dark at the same time. And um, it's
1: got it had some really good reviews. It's
0: uh, it was well acted, and I, I enjoyed it. So yeah,
1: yeah, I I had read up on this um, a few months ago, and then saw that it was available. Um, I have Showtime via Hulu.
0: Yeah, so yeah,
1: I was like, oh, I need to add this to the list because I was really interested in seeing that. So,
0: yeah, no, it's definitely it's good, it's good, it's good.
1: Oh, that's good, that's good. All right. Um, for me, I tried to catch up on a few things, um, and start some things I heard great things about this break, Thanksgiving break. Um, first up, I finally caught up on Showtime's Yellow Jackets. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. It's like the perfect mix of Cruel Summer and like the weird elements of Riverdale, but done on like an adult level and done right. And um, the performances are amazing. The cast is amazing. So I'm definitely interested in seeing where where it goes.
0: Yeah, I I have no clue where it's going to go, but yeah, I'm along for the ride.
1: Yeah, because that opening scene of episode one, I was like, "What the hell is right,
0: right. going and on?" Episode two gives you a little bit more of the personalities of the girls uh, uh, when they were girls and now as women, and not a whole lot's changed. But right,
1: was, right, because Misty is crazy.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, she's off her rocker. <laughs> <laughs> she's nuts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I described her as the single white female from a Lifetime movie that will do anything for friendship.
0: That's what I'm saying. I told you last week it had a Lifetime vibe to it, and it does. It's very – but, yeah, it's good. It's good.
1: Yeah, so so I'm definitely going to continue watching that. Um, Then I jumped to Apple TV um, after I finished catching up on Swagger – there's a limited series uh, called Dr. Brain. It's a, another Korean drama. Um, and it follows a sort of um, somewhere on the spectrum a doctor who studies brainwaves and memories. Um, he tragically loses his son and his wife mysteriously disappears. And his life goal is to sort of transfer memories from... Sort of this deceased partners into living beings. Oh well, wow. for some reason. Yeah. And so first he, he tested on mice, of course. Um, when it works, he says, "Okay, let's move to exactly the humans." And so he tested it on himself, and once he does that, he starts to experience some um, un, unnatural um, side effects. So yeah. I just watched episode one and. I think it's only 5 episodes. It was already a lot going on. So I'm definitely going to f- to write that out. Um then I started Arcan. that's on Netflix, their okay. animated series um based on the League of Legends video game which I've never played, but um it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> um I watched the first two episodes and just from the uh Animation, the character development, um, the storyline, it's so vibrant and yet familiar but different. Um, It's really good. good. Yeah, the world building everything. So I can see why everyone was sort of hyping this up. Yeah. Um, Then I started season two of Saved by the Bell on Peacock. Uh, it's still one of the best reboots being done right now. Um, it's so smart and clever at poking fun at the original series. Right. Um, and the involvement from the original cast, it, it just makes it better. Um, even though, like, they play background characters, you get to focus on new characters and really see that, you know, teenagers sort of still go through the same things, just different Perspectives, but some mm-hmm. of the strongest episodes so far has been one um, that sort of focused on transphobia. As okay. one of the stars is Josie. Um, oh, what's her name? I want to get it right. Josie Toda. Okay. Is, is one of the stars. Um, and sh- she is trans. Um, so they did an episode about transphobia that was really smart. And then they did an episode sort of um, uh, discussing um, the different ways people that speak Spanish, different dialects. Yeah. Um. So like one of the characters is Afro-Latina, she's Dominican and she speaks Spanish at home, but her Spanish teacher who was a white male wanted to penalize her because she was speaking it different from the curriculum. Uh,
0: you know, that's interesting because I remember when we learned Spanish in school, there was a lot of things that, you know, Spanish speaking students would say, was that, you know, we speak Spanish at home, but to come and see the conjugation and everything, it was difficult. Not so much difficult, but it wasn't as easy as, like, you know, we would joke about it. We'd be like, oh, man, you already speak Spanish. You should get an A. And they'd be like, well, no.
1: Yeah. Cause everyone has a different dialect. Cause there's a point in the episode where she emphasizes that a word he was using for something. And I guess the American version or whatever, right. in the in Dominican dialect, he was calling her a whore. So it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was totally like, yeah, you need to stop. So, but it was a really, it's a really good show. And I think it's only ten episodes of Mario on episode seven. So wow,
0: yeah. is it thirty minutes?
1: It? Yeah, each episode's only half hour. And then I watched uh, two movies, both Netflix films. First, The Harder They Fall the black western it was really good okay i really enjoyed it everyone was on their a game i liked it because they didn't try to force like a non-western story in that environment like it's it stayed true to sort of like western tropes and things like that so it's an actual western film yeah which was a plus um, and then I watched the Bru- Bruise, which was Halle Berry's directorial debut. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Starring Berry as a former MMA fighter, who sort of um, gets a chance to return to the ring after she d- is um, given custody of the son she abandoned. Um, and surprisingly, the little boy in the film also plays has a role in the heart and in, in the Hard They Fall. So he was in both films. It was like, oh, wow, he's out here working. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but the, the film overall was not as great. Um, I would give it a strong C. Oh, damn. Yeah. It, it, um, Some familiar tropes in it. Um, you know, Barry does a, a good job. And I think um, the, oh, the woman's name uh, who plays her trainer was uh, was awesome. Sheila Atum. Okay. She's actually really good. You've probably seen her in. What else has she been in? She was in uh, Underground World on Amazon Prime. And if, I saw, if I
0: saw her face, I would probably.
1: Yeah, she's really tall, um, dark complected, hmm. British. Okay. Yeah. Um. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Just making sure because I got another notification. Just want to make sure. Right. I just I just heard the phone making noise. <laughs> yeah, let me put this on vibrate. Okay, um, but yeah, she got, does a, gives a great performance, but the film definitely felt like a BT movie on the Sunday afternoon. It just sort of, uh, you know, had familiar tropes and kind of knew where the story was going. But this is her directorial debut, so you know, she there's always move, room for improvement. But exactly, I think the big deal was that. Um, Barry, you know, woman of her age, actress of her age, was not only able to bring this story to fruition, but to star in it and end, direct it. So it's a big deal in that in that um, part. Yeah. So yeah, those are my streams of the week. Okay. And we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into a future presentation. Thank you for holding. We're back with our future presentation to discuss our final film in our Native American Heritage Month film review. Um, it's been interesting, sort of watching films I think i would never would have seen before or known about. Right. Just because we one, we have greater access to more movies and just to be more knowledgeable about our country country, excuse me, our country's actual history. Right, right. Um, So the movie I watched um, was actually more recent, from 2017, on Netflix, called Indian Horse. Um, And while it's not based on a true story, um, the film does depict um, the experiences of children that were forced to Canadian residential schools um, to uh, assimilate into society. So just a few facts here real quick about those schools. Um, Residential schools in Canada ran from 1831 up to 1998, and they were federally run. Um, Basically the government forced the separation of 150,000 indigenous children from their families to live in these boarding schools where they um, were forced to learn Christianity, Sort of strip away their native culture so they could assimilate to society
0: mm.
1: um they underwent cruel treatment um just you name it it, it was it was done to them yeah. um thousands of children died of disease and other causes and actually um
0: more recently
1: um it was back in 2008 when i f- believe they actually acknowledged that these schools existed and established um, some type of reconciliation with families and monetary and things like that. Yeah. Um, but more recently, they discovered um, corpses of deceased yeah. children on the school grounds, where that brought that back up, um, which is terrible. Right. Um. And the uh, Canadian government also acknowledged the physical and sexual abuse that was rampant throughout the schools. So. Um, Yes, it was not a fun film, no, to say the least. Um, It was actually based on a book by Richard Wagamese uh, called Indian Horse, and it follows a young boy um, living in the residential school who finds a way out through hockey. And, of course, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, he must, you know, endure this, Racism and abuse in the school, and then finds hockey, and then hockey is like his way out yeah. to sort of like a better life. When <clears throat> no, that's not the case. The film actually sticks to a more re- realistic um, outcome, I would say, where everywhere he went, he's faced with you know the the threat of whiteness. So um, at the school. Um, they they depicted that they were, when they come there, they're bathed, they're forced to change their names. They attend class where they have to recite the verses and if they don't, you know, they're reprimanded. Um, yeah. In one case, there was a young um, girl who would not stay, I guess, in her appointed class. She always clung to her older sister. Yeah. And because she could not, um, bring herself to be separated, they would punish her by it was basically solitary confinement. They would put them in a cage in the basement. Yeah. And, um, at one point, the little girl basically commits suicide. It's during a Christmas recital. She began, she would, she would, you could hear her whimper from beneath, and all of a sudden the whimpering stopped. So, our yep. main character goes downstairs, she was wrong, and she had beat her head against the cell door until she died wow yeah it's it's a very traumatic film but it i'm guessing it depicts you know factual events um he he eventually finds hockey and um a certain one particular uh worker at the a school lets him play hockey and this was the only actor I really recognized or well there was a few other white ones but um this actor was uh Michael Huseman from um Haunting of Hill House.
0: Oh yeah the big
1: tall dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah um, he <laughs> he always plays a bad character.
1: Yeah. He yeah. played Father Gaston. And um, he's the one that takes a liking to Little Saw is the boy's name. Yeah. Um lets him play hockey, even though the main priest is like, well, only the older boys are allowed to play. He's not allowed to play. Um, but he takes on really naturally to it. Um, he's simply like watched him play on TV and was able to mimic um, the playing styles and stuff like that. So he was really good. So eventually they show him grow older Um, He leaves the school, for a chance to play hockey. Uh, He's playing on an all-Native team, but they, you know, endure racism, harassment. Um, And then he gets a chance to play on a collegiate team and make it into the NHL. Yeah. Uh, But then again, there, he faces the same racism and harassment, and not one white person stands up for him. Yeah. Like, The coach is even like, you know, you just have to suck it up and then you'll make it to the NHL. You'll be an inspiration to others like you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I just rather not have to deal with it. Um, So eventually he finds himself an alcoholic. Um living on the streets, like many of the indigenous people wind up doing um, wherever they are in Western civilization. And um, he eventually returns to the native home where he played with the other um, native American hockey players and he sort of gets rehab or whatever. But the twist was he, he eventually went to therapy And you realize there's some things he hasn't dealt with. So you see him return to the school. By now, it's abandoned in ruins. And you see him have a flashback from when he used to practice playing hockey, um, hitting horse dung against the wall. Those were his pucks. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. And you see him with uh, Father Gaston. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the only person that cared for him. And then you realize Gaston took a liking to him because he was molesting him. Well, wow. so it's like no one was advocating for this child at any given point, right? Right. Um, and it eventually he finds solace, but it was just a showcase of the cruelty and inhumane government-funded. Uh, torture that these these communities were forced to endure, and the film is dedicated to those who had to endure endure that throughout the 140 years of those uh, facilities existing. Wow. So yeah, um, that was Indian Horse.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to any of the movies this weekend. Just, I just did not have. Movie watching in me, but um, we have the list, so I'll definitely watch some of them in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I will too. Um, because as much as we believe we've progressed and whatnot, we have we have highly neglected the native movies in this country, like (laughs) it's. It's preposterous as what we think suffices as, I guess, reparations. Right.
0: Us. Yeah. Um, when you go and really read about, you know, just how some of the conditions on the reservations, it's like, it's like, how are we allowing this to happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just unbelievable, and it's it's happened everywhere. Like wherever whiteness decided to claim as their own. The people right. that are were already there were just trampled. admonished yeah. and trampled, demolished. Yeah, and the stuff with Canada, that was that was a newsflash to many of us because Canada is supposed to be propped up as like this utopia compared to America. Right, right. But, but no, it still operates within the same confines of white supremacy and colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. It's been an interesting month. All right, as we transition, Alex here. What are you streaming for the weekend? All right, um, on Thursday,
0: I want to say Annie Live comes on. Annie comes on, and it's live. It's on NBC, and um, they had uh, on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had the young girl who's going to play Annie. Her and um, Harry Connick Jr. come out and perform a song. So. I'm just a little bit of a preview for that. So I, I'm excited for that. And then um, I'm not sure. I know it comes out this week and I think it's Friday, but um, I think I spoke about it earlier, a new movie's coming out on Netflix called Single All the Way. Um, it's kind of like a Christmas movie and um, features um, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Michael Urie. And it kind of it's kind of a premise that's familiar. A person goes home and it's one of the only siblings I think without a partner without being in a relationship and he kind of fakes it with his friends. So, um, should be interesting or maybe just fun. So yeah, I'm interested in checking that out.
1: All right. I think I saw the trailer for that. Right. Um, it, I mean, yeah, it looks like the normal holiday rom-com. So right. Most holiday films now on TV are rom-coms like that's just <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just the nature of the Christmas film on television now. All right. All right. I do have Annie live on the list. Um, excited to see that sort of come back. Um, I forget that was like a thing before COVID. Um, yeah. Networks doing these uh, uh, legendary musicals live on the spot. So I'm interested to see that. And then Friday, I believe, Amazon Prime debuts a new uh, comedy series called Harlem. Okay. This is from Tracy Oliver, who did Girl Trip. Uh, four black women living in Harlem very similar to stars just run the world Wow, <laughs> kind of the same premise but um, it stars Megan Good and what's that woman's name I can't believe I forgot it again from Empire yeah you got me shoot I just no. know it's four women Megan's the lead Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to check that out to see how that goes.
0: Okay. All right. I meant to say also season three of Hannah on Amazon Prime came out last week. Um mm. and that's the show with the young girl who is uh kind of searching for the truth about the truth about herself and her father. She's like was part of this extreme program where for some reason she knows how to beat people up without a, a second thought. And um, it's really good. It's really good. I haven't started it, but um, I'm going to check that out. So,
1: Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: All righty. We thank you for listening to this episode of It's a Trimble Life podcast. Brennan and Lauren. You can t- continue to see more of us on the social at AS Life Podcast, our website, trimblelife.wordpress.com and share like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, next week's episode, we're going to start compiling our report card for 2021, starting with the tiles that barely passed on the D list. Yes. <laughs> Until right. next time, keep on streaming. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of It's Extremable Life. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. And for more content, follow us on our socials at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at ASLifePodcast.